Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Christina Pittam, who is a blogger, creator, designer, and we were actually laughing about what do we call um, people who do what Christina does, because she does a lot. But uh, rather than giving her all these titles, I just want to tell you guys that she's best known for her blog, uh, which is called We Are Living Art. And we'll just jump right into it and we can have Christina tell you guys all about exactly what she does and how she got there. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, thank you so much for being on it. I'm so appreciative uh, appreciative of it. Um, so I just want to jump right in and I always like to ask people where they were born and then kind of go from there. So where were you born? So I was born um, in North York. Okay. So I'm from Toronto, grew up in Thornhill and then now I live downtown Toronto, but I think that's like pretty much everyone in Toronto. They, they grow up in the suburbs and then they move inwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my mom's actually from Spain, so... Oh, cool. I don't know if you want to get into that. Why not? So my dad's from, like, Canada, my mom's from Spain, so my... Half of me is, like, full Spanish, like, all her family still no lives way. in Spain and stuff, so we always traveled a lot as a kid, um, or as kids, because I have a brother as well, um, so we could see them and, like, celebrate Christmas and holidays and stuff like that. No way, that's awesome. So do you speak fluent Spanish? I speak Catalan, which is not a dialect, which a lot of people assume, um, but it's its own language, which is spoken in like a certain region of Spain, um, in Barcelona specifically. Oh. So that's like where my mom's from. Um, but then I speak Spanish like sort of intermediately. I tried to get more into it when I was in school and like learn the grammar and all that, but it's hard to pick up unless you practice it. Yeah, um, and like you're speaking it every day. Yeah, so I'm almost like super happy that my mom, or I am very happy that my mom actually spoke it to us when we were kids so that I picked it up and now I know it just like because I spoke it not because I learned it mm-hmm. like reading or anything so if, like you're at a grocery store and somebody was speaking this language to you like would you be able to just respond to them yeah it's actually super cool like whenever you're in a random place and you hear someone speak it you literally feel you're like oh my god it's like part of my like community because it's so it's more rare because it's For not sure. just a very common language so um I was in New York once actually and we were at um where were we um, what's that area called? It's near Chelsea Market. It's like so. No, no. It's anyway. It's like this like scenic area um, near Chelsea Market, and we were there. And I was taking getting a photo taken of me, and then I heard this couple speaking in Catalan, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to go up to them." So I replied to what they were saying, and I was like, "Oh, do you want me to take a photo of you guys?" And they're like, "Oh my god, like Barlas Catala." I'm like, "Yeah." And it was just like, I don't know, it just feels good. It's like a feel good sure. moment. But and I can, I feel like also too, like I don't speak any other languages, like some French, but like just because we learned it in school and whatever. Yeah. But I still feel like when you do hear something that you recognize, you're almost like, "Wait, what?" And then like you're, it's almost like a little like, bit of a secret because I think a lot of people, like, there's so many languages spoken in Toronto, totally. but I think a lot of people don't think that anyone else speaks speaks it it. yeah especially me like I look I'm like blonde yeah blue eyes my brother is like ginger wow so people like never assume so it's kind of interesting nice yeah right don't stereotype exactly (laughs) that's so cool okay cool so you uh so you're born and raised in like Thornhill and and like what kind like what kind of a kid were you I was a creative and artsy kid um I actually went to art school starting in grade four so 
I was at a school where we did like a rotary system. So you got to try out all the arts areas like every day. So like the first two periods on a Monday, you do band, Tuesday, drama, Wednesday, visual arts. And then you got like a taste of everything. So I actually started French horn in my band area. Um... And I got pretty good at it. So by grade eight, when I was ready to like apply for high school, um, I applied to Cardinal Carter, which is an art school in Toronto. Which, sorry, I have to say, because I went to the actual Cardinal Carter High School. In Aurora? So, yeah. Okay. So everyone that I tell, they're like, oh, you went to like the art school? I'm like, no, the regular shady one. <laughs> no, everyone thought the opposite for me. So when I was like, oh, I went to Carter, in university specifically, they're like, oh, in Aurora. And they were all from Aurora, because a lot of Laurier people went to yes, school in Aurora. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, and I was like, no, the arts one, like at Young and Shepherd. So and they're funny. like, oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I was the band geek. Um, um, and I played French horn for eight years. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. And did you just gravitate to like the noise that it made or did you just enjoy playing it? Like what was it about the French horn? So they actually um, pick for you in a way in grade four. So you basically get to, you actually just try a bunch of different mouthpieces for different instruments and they basically tell you whichever one you blow into the bus. Oh <laughs> that's my God. Like your that's, set one. that's actually an effective way of choosing though. It's all about your embouchure, um, which I mean, you could just make so many jokes about um, <laughs> as you get older, but yeah, yeah. like basically <laughs> I had a really tight embouchure and that's why I was really good at blowing into my French horn. So. Is, is that like that? Like that? Yeah, part? that's actually, you probably be good at it too. I played baritone. Okay. And, um, actually, no, just, a bar- just baritone. okay yeah so um french one's like one of the harder instruments um that and like there's obviously all the wind instruments like oboe's really hard too but yeah that's kind of how they picked for us because they're like oh you have a really good armature for this and then i kind of just stuck to it so did you get to boycott the recorder no we had to well we had to do that in like in like grade three because i was in the same school since grade one but you don't actually take on an arts area till grade four Okay. Yeah. So um, I did the recorder for like a hot minute, but. Ugh. Like, what a stupid instrument. I know. It's funny because whenever I'm like, oh, guess what arts area I was in in high school, they're like every single area other than band. They're like dance, drama, Drama. vocal. I'm like, band. And they're like, oh, flute. I'm like, no, no. Torn. People are so judgmental. I know. It's like, why wouldn't you be in the band? I know. You know? Um, that's cool though. And so can, if you were to pick up one now, could you still play it? I hope so. I think it's one of those like things where you like, once you start again, like you'll slowly remember everything. Cause I did music theory as well. The entire time I was in like both programs in um, elementary and then in high school. So I can read music. So it's just kind mm. of about getting, I think back into it. Yeah. Probably but, like speaking a language, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a while. Nice. I don't know. And so like when you're in grade four and I guess to eight nine ten eleven twelve grade four to twelve oh wow yeah did you so in grade in high school now are you thinking like I may be a professional French horn player or like what were your thoughts (laughs) around like what did you want to do no so I had to apply to get into Carter um so you have to apply with an arts area and I actually wanted to go for visual arts because I've always liked fashion and I've always I've actually did visual arts as well um but I actually didn't get in with my portfolio because you needed to prep a portfolio and sorry was it uh like painting drawing yeah so I actually for my extracurriculars in elementary school I would like go to art class so painting sculpting drawing um not soccer or any sports I was very artsy and then I finally took on some dance when I got into high school 
more of like an exercise thing. Yeah. But I was never, I was in competitive dance, but I was never like Passionate. that good. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so to apply for the portfolio, you had to prepare what they requested, which was a lot of um, just like specific arts things. Like one was like create a circus poster. Yeah, it's like very random. That's kind of cool though, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, but um, yeah, I didn't get in because I guess I'm not as, I don't know, there's a lot of competition for that yeah. school, especially in the arts pro- uh, visual arts program. So then luckily I got to apply again and then I applied for band and I was just like significantly better at French horn. Nice. So I never thought I was going to be a French hornist because, I mean, yeah. I didn't really know How, what I wanted to who, do. what, where, why, yeah. <laughs> but I um, I was good at it, and I do, I really always, like, love the feeling of, like, playing in a band. Like, when you guys finally perfect your piece, it's so rewarding to perform on stage, and just everyone kills it. Yeah. And, uh, like, as a consumer of band, like, I love jazz, and I love jazz oh, instruments. Amazing. And that I start thinking about that because I'm always thinking about like how did they get here yeah um and like first off the piece is amazing then it's enjoyable yeah um and then I'm like holy shit like these people are in perfect sync and you know they're like how many hours did it go like it's just I love the whole creation of it as well yeah you're like part of this community yeah totally that's so cool okay so then now you're in high school um and like, like, I feel like everyone either comes to this point or does like, for me, I was always stressing since really like, I don't even know, like kindergarten probably about what I wanted to do, but, um, definitely in high school and some kids just never even go through that. They're like, Oh, I just like figured they're like super nonchalant about it. They're like, Oh, I guess I just will like go into this or whatever. But like, how did you, um, like what did you go? Oh, you said you went to Laurier. So how, what did you go to university for? So, okay, so it comes, like, yeah, grade 12, you're, like, I have to pick a school. I, like, okay, so I always wanted to go to fashion school because okay. I was, like, I want to go to New York. I think it'd be so cool. And do what within, within fashion? Like, did you I didn't have know. an avenue? You didn't no, know. I didn't know. So, obviously, like, when I was younger, sometimes I would say fashion designer, but then when I got older, like, so high school. Yeah. So there is that to consider. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um... What was it going to say? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's, I know, it's such a crazy, and like you can only, you're only going to learn as you go. And it's such a. I was like, honestly, I don't know if that's realistic. So I'm just going to like chill and like something in fashion because I was always passionate about it. I always like dressed well. Um, also a lot of my influence for dressing came from Europe. So mm, when we were in, that helps. yeah, yeah. So when we were in Spain, um, cause we'd go to Spain like once a year to visit my family. We always, or often would go in August and then in August is when like all the new collections come out. So then mm-hmm. on like, I went to a Catholic school, so we wore a uniform, but then on my like PA days or not PA days, uh, CV days. days, um, I got to wear, like, my own outfit, and, like, people were always like, oh, where'd you get that? And I was like, okay, like, I'm obviously onto something, because, yeah. like, I have these, like, cool pieces that also fashion is way more advanced in seasons in, in Yeah, Europe. I feel like we're just two years behind. behind. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I was like, I wanted to go to fashion school. My mom was like, I don't know, like, basically, you're going to have culture shock, and, like, I don't know if you should do that. So, I was like, okay, I'll go to school in, in Ontario. But I could literally like not. Oh, you considered going in Spain? No, in sorry, in the U.S. Oh, okay, like okay. to fashion, like to Parsons or something. Oh, okay, okay. Like, typical story. Um, but my mom wasn't really a huge fan, or my dad, and I was like, okay. So I just like applied for a bunch of schools in Ontario, but I literally like did not care to go. Like, 
we went to see Western and my dad loved it. And I was like, eh, all my friends went to Western. And then we didn't, I didn't go to see any other schools actually, other than McGill, but like, I don't know. Um, ultimately, right. like, do you want to move there? No, I know. Um, <laughs> no, no disrespect to anyone that went to McGill. Montreal, Montreal. Oh, sorry. I yeah. always get it mixed up with, um, Carlton. Uh, Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so ultimately I was, I had one friend who was going to go to Laurier and I was like, fuck it, let's just go to Laurier. Like, I don't really know anyone going there. All my friends are going to Western, but I kind of want to, like, try something new. And, like, yeah. I can always visit them. Um, long story short, my friend ended up bailing and switching to Western in, like, July. <laughs> no. In July. So I was, like, the only person going to Laurier other than, like, two other people from my, like, high school that I, like, oh kind gosh. of wasn't really super close with. Um, and, yeah, it, like, did not have the best first year experience in terms of, like, residence or any of that because I wanted apartment style which is originally yeah. why I'm so drawn to Laurier because I could like cook my own food and stuff yeah um yeah res is res is culture shock if anything I honestly am so we only had one dining hall in all of campus at Laurier oh my god so I was like I'm not getting the all-you-can-eat meal plan to have every single meal and also, I don't want, like, freshman 15, even though I ended up getting, like, freshman 10 or gaining <laughs> freshman 10. But I think we all do. Like, once you're, like, going out and partying. I don't know. It's I the partying. partying. I yeah. partied. So, yeah. party. It's not even the partying. It's, like, the eating after the partying. It's what the partying influences. Like, the 3 a.m. McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> or we had um, Pizza Maniac there, which was, like, oh. a $5 extra large pizza. Oh, my God. And every How would you not get that, like, every day? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was dangerous, but anyway, I had the worst setup to my first year, but it ended up being probably one of my favorite years in university. Oh, nice. And sorry, what did you end up going for? Communication studies. Oh, and how did you land on that? It was just like the closest thing to kind of something creative, but not fully business. And I, I took a couple business courses, but I'm not good in like math. And I didn't want to like stress myself out, so I, that's why I didn't do the business management option because that's mm, also okay. um, something you could take. So yeah, I don't know. I like didn't learn that much from my program to be honest. Yeah, but um, I know, right? Like, did anybody really? Yeah. Um, so and then in terms of uh, communications, like, yeah. was it focused mainly in like like journalism, written, or like what was it? It was like old school media. So it was like the printing press. <laughs> oh my God. Hold not on, even, how old are you? I got to ask. I'm 24. Are you actually? I'm not so, even joke. So like three, So yeah, you just ago. would have graduated. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And I'm like, I understand like old, um, like mediums of media are important to learn about, but we literally had a mandatory course on all about the printing press. mandatory and I was like this sucks um in fourth year and third year I took some more interesting courses on like digital and social media and then Mm -hmm. I mean eventually got into social media so it ended up being more I guess not rewarding but insightful Mm -hmm. because I was like okay like I can actually apply apply this to what I'm doing (laughs) like okay that's great and I agree respect history but like make that a week long theme and then move on to something else well there's just so much to cover now so many things that we should be learning about that's so relevant so it's kind of I don't know I think it's they should be more aware of that and they should implement more of that because like that's what people need to learn Mm -hmm. and figure out like in today's world so it's so true so then you, okay, so you would have just graduated, um, what, what did you say, two or th- two I years graduated ago? three years ago now? Three years ago? I think. 
And what did you do right out of high school? Like, were you like, okay, I know exactly what to do. Like, start this, get a job, do that. Like, university? Yeah. Um, Or did I say high school? Yeah. Sorry, I meant No, it's okay. We're, like, going through my entire life. Yeah. So this is great. Chronologically as well. Uh, (laughs) So I started blogging in my second year because I was bored. Oh. Not gonna lie, I was bored and I liked fashion, like I said. So I started with a website. Um, I would meet up with photographers and in Waterloo because I lived there for school. Um, and would shoot like three looks a week or like three looks every time I met up with someone, and then would post like one to two posts of like photos of me and then like a blurb on like my outfit and stuff on my website and that like really kept me sort of like interested and motivated and stuff because it was something I like to do Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of how that started and to go back to your question before about like did you like want to be in fashion or like when you were younger like even in in high school or elementary no, but then when I finally saw blogging became a thing, I was like, oh, maybe I can actually like do this and like make money doing something that I love. That's mm-hmm. not a fashion designer because like that's mm-hmm. so like, I don't know. Well, I think like if you were to like click, I always use this like example, if you were to click a drop down menu of like occupation, which a lot of, I've encountered a lot in my life. They, I think they try to be as like multi, like inclusive as possible but like if there's anything fashion related even in instagram currently the only fashion related thing is designer there's no yeah. stylist there's no blogger there's no there might be like blogger alone but not fashion blogger there's not like true you know what i mean so yeah. i think like from it's our exposure from being like really little like that was like if somebody even if you were to go ask non-fashion p- industry people right now like name a job in the fashion industry every single person would say designer because that's all you know, so we're not taught that, like, oh, there's so many other avenues. Yeah. Can... Yeah. And, like, so that just, I don't know, really got me excited. And I started to pursue that. And then Instagram came along. I started to try and get on that, figure it out. It took me a while to figure out, actually. But, um, yeah, so I started that. And then when I came out of school, I actually, right before coming out, I started coming out. Sorry. <laughs> right before graduating, like, probably in February, I started to take on a couple social media clients where I would like manage their content calendars and post on their social platforms, mostly Instagram and Facebook. And Um, did you just reach out to these people? One kind of came, I think I found one on Indeed. It was like for like a bigger company and then they wanted to start social media. So I was kind of like the first one in there. Um, But, but yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. Like I learned how to do it for myself through Instagram and my blog and now I just have to do the same thing for someone else. So I started doing that, and then when I graduated, I basically continued it. So I took on a couple more clients, and my full-time job was managing social media clients. Yeah. Nice. And Perfect. my blog, I guess. But I, I wasn't know. making as much money. Or I wasn't really making any money then. It was still like a passion project. Mm-hmm. And... Um... I think that's like everyone's biggest goal, right? Is to obviously make money doing it. You just have to if you want it to be sustainable, yeah. Yeah. So what did you find? First of all, when when you're meeting up with the photographers in Waterloo, were you just kind of like, it was fun? Or were you like having to pay them? Or was it a collab? I never had to pay. Um, Obviously, there's a lot to look out for because they were all like older men. (laughs) Like not even joking. Like, But then one that I became super close with, like, like, not creepy at all, okay? He wasn't creepy at all. Yeah. Um, it was just, um, 
like we built like a relationship we're like okay cool like it worked for him because he built his portfolio oh and for me it was obviously great um and he would like edit them and yeah you just like it took a while to like get into sort of a routine I guess Mm -hmm. but that's I feel like that's with anything yeah 100% um so and then did you find that you um like did you sort of because I've talked to a lot of bloggers before and some of them are just like general fashion or general whatever their industry is and some of them I find um they they learn a niche or they discover a niche that they like within their like almost like a sub thing yeah so were you more like outfit of the days or were you more like like official trends like what have you sort of or did or did you even find one of those things yeah so when I was trying to figure out how to grow more quickly and how to grow more I guess like effectively on Instagram specifically um because I definitely plateaued like all of us do and I mean I almost still feel like sometimes I'll plateau again um but I was like okay everyone says find your niche I'm like what is my niche like Mm -hmm. how do I figure this out I don't know if I like came to an actual like I don't know if I came to a conclusion to be honest but um I I'd say I like to say like I'm focused on like style and travel so like those are my mains but what I've come to learn through like testing of different social media platforms like YouTube and stuff is that like, I really like vlogging. Like, what is vlogging? Like, I show my outfits that I'm wearing and, like, I show what I'm doing. But, like, I just think that, like, showing what I'm doing with my personality is what makes it. So, I don't really know if I have, like, a specific, like, subcategory, like, niche like that. But, um, I guess my competitive advantage between other influencers now is that I have my business and I also have my brand. Mm-hmm. So, I have, like, my bodysuit line that I launched. So, now... My angle is how I have developed that with, like, the small audience that I have from Instagram and from my blog. Okay. Um, And I definitely want to get into your bodysuit line for sure. But um, I was going to ask you something else. Um, So when... Okay, this is, like, golden question that everyone wants to know and, like, all bloggers have. When did you first start making money? Like, after how many years? Because you do it full-time, right? Like, pretty much. Like, I do it... I well, split my two full-time jobs, right. is what I say. Well, that's what I meant to say, yeah. Um, But, um, let's see. I mean, I definitely got a few paid gigs, like, within the... F- like, probably my second year. Okay. But, like, random. You yeah, know, like, yeah, nothing I would consider sig- significant. Um, and were they, like, um, like sponsorship opportunities or were, or was it, like, like, because that's, like, I think such a mystery to a lot of people is, mm-hmm. like, how do you, because I, I know that everyone, and even I get these messages, it's, like, hey, want to, you know, post our store's content and then give your followers, like, a discount code. Yeah. Whatever. And, like, that's not very, like, like profitable slash sustainable for the person posting right but like so was it a bunch of those or were was it companies like reaching out to you more so to like like maybe just like tell me about if you can yeah so now that I'm thinking about like my first like major paid gig that like was significant amount um was actually for a thousand dollars and it was a mixture of like a youtube video and like some stories and like a post for um, Lise Wattier. Oh, okay, nice. And that was, like, two years ago. Nice. So, or just, yeah, maybe just two years ago. So that was probably, like, 
one of my I was like wow like I'm like proud like I can actually make money off this because mm-hmm. I always loved it and I would still want to do it and now I think that anyone should have a personal brand and like yes Instagram is just your visual resume and like I think you should be on it if you're trying to connect with people and it just makes connecting with people in your industry whatever it may be whether you're like a dentist or you're mm-hmm. or like a actor or even like in the restaurant industry um, it just makes it easier to connect with people like instantly mm-hmm. so I don't think there's any harm in having that um, so I always thought it would be good to have I always wanted it to work but like because then I started thinking about my brand, Lorena, I was just like trying to divide my time. And it's like, you obviously need to put 110% into something to get the exact results that you want or mm-hmm. to see significant growth. Um, so it's been a little, little bit of a slower and steady growth for me just because I'm not only doing one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And then like, do you, so do you have a... Um... Oh, like sort of a, a habit or not a habit. Oh my God. Like a plan of like, do you reach out to brands or do they come to you or like, how does all of that work? So when I decided to like try and take it seriously and I was like, Hey, I have to do this. Um, I created like an Excel doc where I would put in brands that I had worked with, whether it was gifting or not. Um, and then would put in brands that I wanted to work with, find their emails and then like pitch myself. So I did that for a while. And then again, when I started working on my company, I like stopped totally pitching myself and then I would get some you know, paid nice. things coming yeah. in here and there. Um, and now it's, now I haven't really pitched myself much and like it's coming in, but I actually recently um, was talking to someone or met someone through a friend who manages people. And I think that for me at this stage, like it's, it would be beneficial for me to have a manager because if I could focus, you know, 60% of my time to my other business and I could have someone helping me with this one, then mm-hmm. I can grow them like equally equally yeah and also like I feel like a lot of people who do start blogs or vlogs or whatever it is Mm -hmm. they started because they love the creative side and then they're just forced to learn the business side which it isn't bad it's great skills to have but then it's like but do you want to be doing that forever like I think anyone would want to sub out those administrative things and then just focus on what you like yeah like some people love to do it and I don't mind doing it but it's honestly like I mean I know you can't say I don't have time because like you can it's time consuming though you make yourself Mm -hmm. as busy as you want to be or but yeah it is time consuming and I just think that it would elevate like my exposure if I had someone on my behalf pitching for me. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a lot of people who, um, or sometimes say like, if you have someone represent you, or even if you create like a second email mm-hmm. and pretend you're like your own manager with a different name, it could make you seem more legit and yeah. could make brands appeal or make you appeal more to brands yeah a hundred percent i know i've often thought about that i'm like hmm i wish i should like try that yeah like like, alexa at yeah whatever yeah yeah Yeah, dot com or gmail that's hilarious um okay cool so and then now tell me about so throughout all of this when did you start your bodysuit line and how and why and who and what and when and all of that yeah (laughs) so i decided to take a course in school um in my third year second semester on entrepreneurship nice and it was probably the most valuable thing that I learned in school for sure um the whole course was about you apply with like a business idea anything and then throughout the course you just develop the business model test your market and just see if you have a feasible idea that would be able to like go into say production or whatever 
Um, so I was like, actually, my friend pushed me to do it. Honestly, I can't give myself credit too, because like I had a friend of mine who like always pushed me to do more businessy things. Um, so he's like, just do it. I'm gonna do it too. He didn't end up getting to do the course that semester because of conflict of schedule. Mm. So I did it by myself, and mm. it was actually off. That's like twice for you now, eh? Yeah. Like, go to Laurier. Oh, just kidding. I'm not going. <laughs> Take this course. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> and all I think has led me to where I am now. So I'm yeah. happy about it, but. Yeah, so I took the course and it was off campus. So I had to like actually borrow his car to drive oh there, which was a, a huge like plus that I had a vehicle because if not, I probably would have been like, eh, I shouldn't do the course. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I started with like a fashion line because I was like, when am I going to start? I already had my blog started. Um, and then I got into like, oh, maybe I'll do something more niche because like I don't know how to create a collection. Mm-hmm. I'm not a designer. And then um, I was like, okay, I have, like, a bit of a platform I've started. I had, like, 7K at that point. And I was like, what if I just convert my, you know, audience into consumers? And then bodysuits were just coming back in then. So I was like, let's do bodysuits. And then I was like, let's do bodysuits that are supportive, have a seamless or thong bottom because... I don't know why that's not on every bodysuit <laughs> ever like mandatory. Sold. It should be mandatory. I know. And, um... Also, I ended up adding in an adjustable bottom so you could open it to go to the bathroom because no one wants to have mm-hmm. to like pull it to pull the side or take everything or, off and be like naked in the in public like, bathroom. Yeah. Well, and like never mind that being uncomfortable in the winter time is just not feasible. You probably have a sweater or something yeah. over top. You have to take everything off. Yeah. So that was it, and it turned out to be a good business idea or something that people were interested in. And um, yeah, after I graduated. I just in like an I guess the year later in April um the the November after so like four or five months later I decided to just actually try it out and try and do it amazing yeah and so and then what's the name of it Lorena Lorena is that your middle name no I wish um Lorena means the queen in Spanish and because I'm Spanish now you know that so kind of ties it all in makes sense yeah oh my god that's nice and so tell me about um did you start with like one like main bodysuit and then go off on different styles afterwards or did you have did you launch with a bunch of different styles so I actually wanted to launch okay I didn't know what to do so I like interviewed a lot of people so I interviewed some people for the course when I was in it like some like local Canadian fashion designers and then I ended up interviewing um people afterwards because I was like I don't know what I'm doing I just want to get as much information and knowledge as I can so I make the right decision Mm -hmm. so I wanted when I was in the course I wanted to originally launch with a luxury line like one-off unique bodysuits that were just like so cool again drawing from that like inspiration of European fashion just like having something that no one else has and then when I interviewed someone during the course um her name's Kara Chung she was like your unique pieces are what like make your brand but it's your like more inexpensive more accessible items like that white crop top that Mm -hmm. people can buy and they just want a piece of your brand so they buy that Mm -hmm. so even though it's like a huge like difference in like price it's like oh I have this Christine or like the Lorena this yeah so that made me kind of rethink my business model and I decided to launch with a core collection before launching a luxury line mm-hmm. nice so, um so it's um it's not it's honestly not that easy I had to totally change my business model because I wanted again like to sell direct to consumer and 
unless you invest a lot of money into Instagram ads right off the bat and know where you're targeting people, of course, I, it's not that easy. So um, also because my project is made locally, it's harder to just give out a bunch of product to a bunch of Insta- mm-hmm. influencers, which I did originally. I did, you know, use my like network and I reached out to them to try and um, um, get some people to like help me promote my body suits but it's just like not enough unless you're doing it at more of a mass scale mm-hmm. so um, it's essentially just brand awareness nice. at the beginning so um, what I've decided to do now by switching around my business model, model a bit is um, trying to do more pop-ups so trying oh. to grow brand awareness in Toronto by getting more people touching and feeling the product because as soon as people see it they get the quality and they're like oh my god I get it like yeah. I get why it's this price and like I and then they try it on sometimes. Sometimes they don't even need to because they feel like mm-hmm. what it's made out of. Um, but they'll try it on and they're like, oh my God, like I love it. Or most of the time at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I hate it. No, imagine it. <laughs> um, but yeah, fit is such a key component for a bodysuit. So being direct to consumer and like not being able to try it on and knowing how it fits your body is been a bit of an obstacle that I'm still trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really good idea though, the, the pop-up thing. And it's funny because I feel like just like we're all in this together in the sense that of like you know everybody's like oh everyone wants to shop online now and like that is true but I I think it is true for a certain to a certain degree like I think you do value the pop-up and want to just see and also it's easy like I hate like okay I shop online a lot and like yes I love it but then now I'm like oh I have to wait like this whole time like you hate the waiting process and even recently I was supposed to have um, I bought, th- bought this like micro bag that was supposed to come I think today actually okay uh, and I wanted to wear it for like for a photo whenever and it's like now delayed and I'm like oh this is like ruining it. like I mean it's really not a big deal yeah. but like it's just annoying and it's it, it is it's almost become a treat now if I do shop in person and, and I'm like can, oh it's immediate you can like, get what you want right away yeah. yeah I mean a lot of people still like to think about it um, like when you're in there in the store, they're like, oh, I'll just think about it. I'm like, okay, I'm not here for that long. It's a pop-up. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I always say like, I'm the ideal customer. Like if I see something on Instagram by, worn by someone I like, I'll swipe up. And if it's under like $200, I'll probably they buy it, it right yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately not everyone's like that. You don't know what you don't know until you know. Yeah. You just and- have to try. Like it's all trial and error, honestly. And mm-hmm. like, you will figure it out. And like, I know people always said this to me and I was always seeking advice before getting into it and as I was growing my business but you'll figure it out it just like you just have to be willing to and you just have to also just be willing to like keep trying like Mm -hmm. no matter what you feel so freaking defeated like it's not even funny how like lows your lows are Mm -hmm. how low your lows Lows are are, yeah (laughs) but then when you get like the smallest like inch of success it feels like the highest high Mm -hmm. so it's definitely roller coaster but it's it's honestly so worth it I think nice um, yeah, I, I agree with you as well on that. Um, and I wanted to ask, so like, so what are your sort of plans in the future? Do you think you will stick with your blog and the bodysuit business? Or do you think maybe you'll, one will take over or what are you sort of feeling as of right now? So I've always said like, if one starts to go and grow significantly, I'll focus more of my time on that because I think that's, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, but I definitely think they both work well together and they can coexist which is why I thought it was such a great idea to like do something more like related to my 
like audience. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I was like, oh, my customers will buy bodysuits and I can market them myself. And it's like free advertising. So I think they can both grow together. And um, as for Lorena, I do, everyone always asks like, are you going to move into like other garments and stuff like that? Or do you want to create a full collection? And my answer is I, I don't know, I kind of want it to be exclusively bodysuits because I have this really like awesome idea for like its potential and its growth um and it being like your one-stop shop for like the best bodysuit or the only bodysuit you need in your wardrobe because it's just like it's sustainable it's gonna last a long time and like it's gonna fit you the best um but there's definitely accessories I would add on to the company like or add on to the collection but nothing like I wouldn't create like jackets and this and that like Mm -hmm. I think I want my baby to be like exclusively bodysuits and then I can definitely see myself working on other collections but under other brand names in the in the future oh nice we'll see we'll see we shall see um okay so I want to definitely ask you about your favorite footwear first and foremost yes um tell me about what they are so then after that I decided to go in and yeah I asked more people I'm like okay I'm gonna create a core collection and some people advised me to like create one product I'm like I can't create one style bodysuit because I had one style in mind which is now called the moss um and it took a very long time to like perfect Mm. probably from November or October-ish when I started until like March, April to perfect the fit. Oh, wow. Because you just kept on going back and like changing things? I just couldn't figure out how to make the bust supportive without underwire. Oh. And there's sort of like these like cup elements drawn like or like stitch into the style and I just couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, So not having a fashion background made it super difficult and even though I was working with like a pattern maker and then another pattern maker slash seamstress, I don't know. There's like some loss in translation when you have an idea coming from your head too. Especially if you don't know exactly how to. And I feel like seamstresses are very technical. Yeah. And then if you're not from like a technical background, you're just like, I don't know, like just do this. And they're like, but what does that mean? And they're like, that doesn't make sense for this fabric. Like you you can't just like do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And is everything made in Canada? Yeah. Everything is made in Canada. um, And it's, now, after all the trial and error of pattern makers, seamstresses, I now have a seamstress in Hamilton. Okay, cool. And I have a pattern maker in Toronto. Nice. And then I also have a manufacturer that I found um, just downtown Toronto. So oh, nice. It's been great. Um, and sorry, when did you start it again? I launched. I launched November 2018. Oh, so, so it's almost just going to a year. Wow, so yeah. you're still moving along though just for being like 11 months old. That's awesome. My thing is like I just don't want to become like irrelevant and I don't know where that stems from specifically, but I just, I, w- I always said, I'm like, I don't want to launch and have my product be sitting on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, because then I'm like, then, then what? Like exactly. then I'm just, then I didn't accomplish anything. So I'm just constantly trying to stay relevant, which is why I didn't launch with one item. I ended up launching with three. I was okay. like, three is a happy medium. Let me launch three styles. It gives some people variety. I ended up pricing them all the same though, so there wouldn't be bias towards mm-hmm. cost, but more so I could see and gauge what people were actually more drawn to for future design development. And um, and what were the designs? 
So there's the moss that I discussed with the sort of bustier detailing. Then we launched the Crawford, which is the one I'm wearing right now. So it's just like a simple, more like a tank Baywatch top. Baywatch bathing suit style. Yeah. One piece. Pamela Anderson one piece. <laughs> I guess so. We can brand it as that, market it as that. Um, and then... That's the, like the, like everyone, like who doesn't love that though? No, exactly. Um, and then the third was the Taylor, which has like ruched bust detailing and um, like a thicker strap. So... They all perform the features of like supporting you and those other things like the adjustable bottom and the thong back. Um, And then, yeah, I put those into market and now I've started creating other designs based on what's been most popular. Amazing. And what have you found to be most popular? The one that I'm wearing caters more to an older demographic. It's super supportive because the top half is lined, so it works as like a more of a push up bra, um, which someone who is older it loves and also it's a little more conservative because it's more straight across um and then the moss which thankfully because it's my favorite one i'm glad it's like doing really well but those have been our top two um and then we just launched three other styles and we are working on our luxury line as well nice and do you have a partner in this or is it all you it's all me (laughs) and honestly it's it's a lot of work especially managing everything yeah um i always say I will not go into another business unless I have a business partner because I just can't. I can't. Like, you are literally, like, I, and, like, I'll tell you more after about, like, my experience, but you're, like, literally in my brain, like, telling me what I've been telling myself. It's, like, crazy. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> um, but, okay, cool. And then, um, so what do you sort of... Or, like, actually, I want to go more into that. Like, how are you... Like, I think people will hear this and they're like, but how? Like, how like, <laughs> How did you even know what to, What was your first step? Was it from your course that helped you, like, get the information oh, first? I literally had no idea and I had to figure it out. Like, I found my first pattern maker on Kijiji, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I was like, where do I find a pattern maker? Like, I guess I'll try Kijiji. Um... There's also fashion schools in Toronto or wherever city you're from that you can probably connect with their like um, prof department and then try and seek out someone, which I tried to do, but it didn't end up working out. And um, yeah, honestly, like you just have to figure it out. I tried to figure out everything. I had no idea what I was doing and I had a lot of trial and error, like I mentioned. Like I tried with one pattern maker from... October November until the following like February March and like for one style and it didn't even like end up being her pattern that made it to the final Mm -hmm. cut and then I worked with someone else who was great she created my first order so from like March until September um and then after that turned out like all my patterns weren't done like professionally so when I asked her like oh I'm gonna look for manufacturer now so I can make larger production can you give me the patterns? She's like, oh, like, I don't really have them. She kind of like did them in the way she was taught. Um, mm. And she's from, um, she was from Columbia. So I think she had like just a different way. It's more like, it's not so technical, but it's more like, ha- like handed down knowledge from yeah. whoever taught you. Which is hard to replicate in a factory or like somewhere. Well, you can't. It needs to be so like explicit um, for, not explicit, sorry. Like exclusive to like like it's very tech I think people don't realize how much technology comes into play so like is that what you mean kind of like it just needs to be so I guess more like so precise like Mm -hmm. the patterns need to be precise you need if you want something 
you need to bring like the draft of what it's supposed to be to the factory so they can replicate it exactly because they don't really know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, they're so, just going off of like what they're given. Yeah, exactly. So what's given has to be the exact version of what you want it to turn into, which is also hard for me to all grasp because I just didn't really know. So I went to a potential new seamstress with my patterns that I was given and she was basically like, long story short, she was like, these are trash. And then I had to go back, find a pattern maker who would uh-huh. fix them, oh, no. paid basically what I paid to get them made originally. Um, again, to get them fixed. And he was like, he was, he's very good and very professional, but he was like, honestly, like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, just somehow all of the sizes and everything always came out consistently with what she made. So we just have to like clean them up and like for future styles, we'll do it your way. But like for now, we just have to make it work because I can't, I can't risk like not making anything in the meantime, just Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah. And then how are you getting your, uh, sales and how did you launch it? Like, do you, like, I guess you had to obviously make a website or did you do it off of your blog? No, I didn't do it off of my blog, and I actually thought a lot more sales would come directly through e-commerce, through direct-to-consumer, but um, that's not the case. There's so many websites online, so you really do have to market yourself well, but I did my launch in-store. I actually popped up um, in a swim store called Unica Swim. I know Unica, yeah. Yeah. um, um, So yeah, so I did that there, and I decided to launch... So I launched November 1st online and then whenever Black Friday is, I decided to launch in that store. Um, nice. It's like the last Friday in November, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. So I was there for six days. So I did, um, I was in store, then we had like a bit of a discount to drive people in because I know people are more willing to shop during Black Friday season or before the holidays. And then I did my launch party. Mm. Um in that space during that time as well. So we sold a lot at the launch party, which was great because it was mostly family and friends coming to support. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, that's how I got, that's how like I started off going. the brand and got going. Nice. And then what are you doing now to like maintain that? Or like, are you being really active on Instagram? Like, cause how, yeah, how do you brand yourself in that space? It, cause since it is so crowded. So I would definitely say those are my favorite sneakers. I bought them when I was... Actually, I bought them in, like, a different colorway when I was in Spain in August last year. And then I bought them in the white because I, like, got one of those ads, actually, (laughs) online. And I was like, oh, my God, they have them available in all white now? Like, swipe up, bought them literally immediately. Amazing. Um, But, yeah, I used to wear them all the time. You know, Chunky Dad sneakers were coming back in last, like, fall. So I had to get them. And, um... Other than the fact that, like, they're just all white and they go with everything because I would wear them with, like, um, vintage denim and, like, an oversized graphic tee, I literally wore those probably when, like, all the time when I was, like, running errands, um, trying to figure out stuff for Lorena. So, running between my pattern maker or, like, going to the material and fabric stores on Queen Street, um, I would... I would like always wear something comfortable and always wear something that could like get me from point A to point B and like they're stylish too um I think at least I'm Mm -hmm. into the dad sneaker trend (laughs) um so yeah those shoes have definitely been a pair that I don't know just have like gone through a lot of my process I would say um with me with developing my brand nice yeah amazing I know I'm like so 
biased towards white sneakers. I'm I have too many pairs. Like I can't buy. I tell myself like next pair of sneakers I'm gonna buy. Yeah. They are not allowed to be white. But then like I'm like, but I love. No, white. totally. I mean, I went from those, and then also to like never wearing Converse, and then. I went to an event, a Converse event, and they gave me a pair of, like, all-white Converse, and I was like, oh, my God. Okay. And it's, like, the complete opposite, too, because, like, I was, like, I love the chunky, and then Converse are so, like, small and, like, slick. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I love these now. So, mm-hmm. And now I love Converse, so there you Amazing. go. Amazing. <laughs> um, and then you have given a, a couple of uh, good pieces of advice already, but if the, you could pick one sort of main, main piece of advice for somebody walking a similar path to you, uh, what would it be? Like, like... Primarily, I would say for a blogger turning, you know, designer or somebody starting a company like off of their blog. Um, I kind of mentioned this before and I think it's just an important piece of advice because I currently still use it and I don't think I'm anywhere near where like I'm meant to like end my journey in terms of like growing my businesses. Um, so I would say like literally... N- just like never give up and always persevere like there's so many times that I've just been like this sucks like my lows like they're like they make you feel so defeated and you just like don't even know like I don't know it just honestly it just feels like shit it's like imagine Mm -hmm. like breaking up with someone and like that feeling it's Mm -hmm. like every time something small happens with your business but you just literally have to persevere and like what I've learned through listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of advice from people who have been super successful are that like perseverance is what separates you from the person who like gave up and decided not to follow whatever they were trying to yeah to achieve or to create so I would just say don't give up and like just keep going because like if you just keep going eventually you're gonna have to get somewhere yeah you know like eventually so I think yeah that would be my number one piece of advice that I I still like take every single day amazing Cool. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I appreciate all of your tidbits and stories. And I I always love like, like, I I mean, I obviously love doing this podcast, but I I do everything. Every time I think I know somebody or like, I think I know what they're going to be about. I'm like, oh, like I'm always pleasantly surprised. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, And for all of you guys listening, you can, well, first of all, actually, if you guys are uh, listening on Apple podcasts, if you wanted to give this a five-star review, I would very much appreciate it so thank you in advance for that um oh you can follow Kristen uh, Christina uh on I don't know why I said Kristen you can follow Christina on Instagram at we are living art and then is that a gateway to like your bodysuit stuff as well yeah or you can follow and check out Lorena at um Lorena.ca l-a-r-e-y-n-a or our Instagram which is Lorena by kp okay perfect um so go do that you guys also you can of course follow the podcast at coming up in my sneakers on instagram um and that's it i'll uh see i always say i'll see you guys next week i really won't but uh, (laughs) i will chat with you guys next week and uh don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers